Hey guys, it's Lisa, and you're listening to What's Next with Lisa, the official podcast. Today is Monday, June 22nd, 2020. Welcome to episode 13, the first in a series of relationship topics. I'm kicking this series off to answer your questions, what's on your mind, what you're struggling with most. And if you visited my Instagram or Twitter pages, you know I opened this up for discussion a few days ago. And I was hoping for your questions or concerns, things that I could help address for you guys. And I had such an overwhelming response. I actually made a list of the top five questions that I got over the course of the last few days. And I'm going to do a full Q&A session today. And so we're going to kick it off this way. If there's a particular topic or something you're struggling with, I want you guys to email me at whatsnextwithlisa at gmail.com. You can catch me on Instagram or Twitter at whatsnextwithlisa. You can DM me there. And I want to make sure that I'm addressing everything that you guys have questions about. Relationships are tough, not easy. And so there were a lot of questions and we are going to get to those. But first, a little bit of housekeeping. If you, um, like I said, if you visited my Instagram page, you know also I made a post and I put a poll up for you to vote on. I had somebody on Twitter ask me what I would call my followers, and I had never thought of that. Uh, and once I kind of sat down and thought about it, I thought, well, the point of the podcast is to get people asking what's next. And to do that, you've got to empty out the stuff that's not working. Empty out the baggage, empty out the patterns, empty out the negative voice in your head saying you're not worthy. So I thought, what about empty nexters? And it got a little bit of buzz on Twitter. And so then I made it an official poll on Instagram. And with an overwhelming 94%, you guys agreed you wanted to be called empty nexters. So empty nexters, congratulations. Welcome to episode 13. Thanks for sticking with me. It is an honor to have you listening. I welcome your comments, your feedback. I want to know what it is you're struggling with so I can help you in a way that is something you can connect to and relate to. So don't forget, email me at whatsnextwithlisa at gmail.com. Check me out on Instagram or Twitter at whatsnextwithlisa. This show is for you. So that's pretty exciting. Welcome, empty nexters. I mean, it kind of grows on you after a while. And one more bit of housekeeping, and as you guys know, if you've been listening, I always like to take a question from my previous episode, and in my previous episode, I talked about self-medicating. The ways that we choose as humans to self-medicate or avoid the bad stuff, and that that isn't really working for us, and I highlighted some things that we tend to do, whether it's substance abuse or isolation or just avoiding negative feelings altogether why that's not working, and how you can do better. And so to kick off this question from last episode, I'm going to start another official uh, part of the segment. We're going to make it a little more exciting. So welcome to the official What's Next question and answer. Hey, what's next? Hey, what's next? Okay, guys, so you heard it. First official, what's next question and answer. And the question from last week's episode about self-medication is this. Hi, Lisa, you brought up a lot of things that people do to self-medicate that are negative. And while I could identify with a lot of them, I found myself asking, what are some positive things I can do? 
That's a great question. And self-medication, a lot of times we associate with negative things because there's an avoidance or something that you don't want to process. So you self-medicate and you don't ever resolve those feelings or unhealthy behaviors. And so I think it's a great question. And the first thing I want to remind you guys is that I want you to be soft with yourself as you face adversity or you face hurt. Anything that you're struggling with, if you're struggling to make sense of things that don't make sense, you've got to, number one, stop shaming yourself. You guys are self-aware and you know yourself best. And if you're shaming yourself or you're putting a pressure on yourself to not feel anything negative, that's the first thing that needs to stop. And the other thing that you need to do is accept that you're human and embrace that and embrace that as a good positive thing. Take the moments you need to feel the bad things. Let it come in. I always say feelings are like visitors. You've got to let them come in before they can leave. And know that even though it's a negative feeling, it's okay to feel. It's okay to feel if you're being soft with yourself, you're having self-compassion, and you know that it's going to come in and you're going to process it. That's the positive here. Self-medication is not processing things. Self-medication is avoiding dealing with these things. So the positive is to create an energy where you're inviting positive energy into your life, a kind energy that allows you to sit with the bad stuff for a while. Because remember, the bad stuff makes you human as well, and it's a part of life. But it's how you process it and work through it that matters. So don't forget to slow down and know that it's okay to feel the negative stuff. That's the positive here. The positive to anything that you're doing to self-medicate is that you're giving yourself the opportunity to actually feel and process the negative things and embrace them as a part of you. And so I hope that helps. If you guys have questions or things you're struggling with, don't forget to email me at what's next with Lisa at gmail.com. Check me out on Twitter or Instagram at what's next with Lisa. So let's get into this. Episode 13, Empty Nexters. Like I said, I'm going to kick it off with a full Q&A. I got an overwhelming response. And what I did was I compiled a list of the top five questions I was getting um, multiples of because I thought that those would reach the most people. And so the first question to kick off our relationship series is... Lisa, how do I know if I'm dating a narcissist? Okay, that's a really big question. And narcissist, narcissism, is a term that I feel like we've heard a lot more about in the last probably few years. And you see it a lot on social media. And it's an actual clinical term. And it's if you think you're dating a narcissist, I would encourage you to do a little bit of research to check in with yourself first and foremost and say, does this feel good? Is this toxic? Am I consistently breaking up with myself in order to appease them? But I can tell you what a narcissist is. Let's start with that. A narcissist is someone that has an idealized or grandiose sense of self. It's actually a delusional sense of self that protects them from things like being accountable, being vulnerable, and a lot of times it's masking an insecurity. So they create this persona in their mind of who they want to be and how they want to be perceived by people. And when that doesn't work out or if that is threatened, like if somebody's threatening to kind of blow their cover by trying to hold them accountable, 
A lot of times you'll see anger, you'll see avoidance, you'll see them lashing out at you, calling you names, turning things around on you to make it to make you feel like it's your fault. Um, and when they create this inflated version of themselves, here's where it gets confusing is that can actually be attractive at first because most people are attracted to confident people. And then as things start to unravel in the relationship or as things start to come up, they have to work even harder to control this reality that they've created in their mind. And so that can start to look accusatory. It can start to look like avoiding all responsibility, um, angered outbursts, um, and they're very self-centered and arrogant. Everything kind of turns back to them. So if you bring up a concern about, hey, this really hurt my feelings, you'll hear something like, well, I'm sorry you feel that way, but... And then they'll tell you all the reasons why it's your fault and you shouldn't feel that way. And so they all, they lack empathy. They lack the ability to actually see things or see how they're affecting people because they're working so hard to keep up with this facade that they have produced in their head. They have an excessive need for admiration. So they want to be adored by people. They want to be acknowledged. Um, you probably finding that nothing you ever do satisfies them, which can also be really confusing and emotionally abusive for you because you are going to find yourself um, lending toward people pleasing or minimizing your own needs in an effort to take the path of least resistance and try to keep things calm because it's not worth their reaction after a while. And so they start to manipulate you so your their cover isn't blown. And they may at some point say and do really nice things that might feel like love, but it's a manipulation. And that can also be confusing when you're in it because sometimes they'll come back with just enough to draw you back in because they want you, they want to be adored, they want to be in your good graces because if they don't get the reaction they want or any criticism, those things can set them off without warning. And if your reaction to them doesn't comply with the narrative they've made up in their head, you're going to see emotionally abuse or excuse me, emotional abuse. You might even see physical abuse if they really feel like they're losing control. You have to remember dating a narcissist in their mind. It's a constant battle to protect this facade, this grandiose sense of self that they have Uh, made up in their head and so you're not their priority they are their priority getting out of these relationships can be tough so I want you checking in with yourself and really taking a hard look at are my needs being met am I being emotionally abused do I feel less than is my self-esteem in the tank now after I started dating them and I want you checking in because these are not healthy things and if you need to get out um I it's it can be a very difficult thing again because they're good at manipulating but I want you to remember that you're worth somebody that cares about your needs you're worth somebody that wants to meet your needs and and can see your worth Um, so I hope that helps that's a big topic and if you guys have more questions about that or specific examples please email me and I will address that in this series so The second question I got is, hey Lisa, I'm currently getting to know someone and all we do is text. 
He'll say he wants to make plans and then tells me he's thinking about me, but we haven't actually met in person in about two and a half weeks. I feel like he's giving me mixed signals. How do I know when and if it's time to be done? This is a very modern dating question. And a lot of times with online dating and texting being the primary form of communication, this can get really tiresome really fast. And what I'll say is this. First and foremost, you guys, you can't build a relationship via text. There's zero connection. And it's all very surface level. There's no flexion in it. You don't know who they are. They don't know who you are. And so if you're meeting, if you've met somebody and all they're doing is texting you, I would tell you to shy away from that. It's not a good way to build a relationship. And in regard to the mixed signals, guys, mixed signals are still signals. Um, And your challenge is to not let them intrigue you or let them guiding you, let them guide you into making this choice of saying, hmm, you know, I wonder, I wonder if it's just that they're busy or I wonder if, you know, maybe I intimidate them. Because what you start to do with mixed signals, if you get sucked in by them, is create this narrative in your mind that makes their behavior okay. And you start to say, well, like I said, maybe you're, maybe they're just busy or maybe I intimidate them or they really have feelings for me, but they don't know how to express them. Guys, it's easy to get pulled in, but you've got to connect to your worth and ask yourself if that's what you really want. Do you want to try to overanalyze and think about mixed signals or do you want somebody in your life that knows what they want and can have an adult conversation with you in person, via phone, You know, you've got to be careful not to take this on too much because you're not going to connect in a meaningful way Um, because people who aren't connected to themselves, a lot of times you'll get the text messaging, the mixed signals, the just enough to say, hey, I'm thinking about you and it never really feels good because the more connected you are to yourself, the more assertive and confident you are. And so if you're getting text messages and mixed signals, I would tell you to take a step back and say, is this person really connected to themselves? Are they really able to be confident and assertive and be the person that I want in my life? Remember, be the chooser, not the chosen. And you've got to decide if this is working for you and then invest accordingly. If this is all you're looking for right now on a you know, a surface level, then great. That works for you. But if you're hoping or looking for more and you've decided that you want more than text messages, you've got a couple of choices. One, you tell them, hey, I I need, so use I need statements. I need more than text messages. Um, Can we talk on the phone? Can we FaceTime? Things like that. Or you've got to just ask yourself, is this really what I want? And if it's not what you want, then you've got to invest accordingly and move forward. Because here's what I know for sure. You are nobody's backup plan. You're nobody's just random text once in a while. You're worth more than that. Um, So invest accordingly, guys. The third question Hey, Lisa, my boyfriend and I have been together for about two years. Sometimes I feel like I'm in the relationship alone when it comes to taking care of the house or things like grocery shopping and paying bills. I'm ready to leave, but I'm not ready to stop hoping he will start helping and see where it goes. Okay, so you've been together for two years. 
he's not helping or picking up what you would hope he would do for responsibility. So what I'm hearing from this question is that you don't feel like you have a partner. You feel like you have a dependent or somebody that you have to take care of. And so my first question for you would be, have you told him what you need? Um, Have you asked him to do things or are you getting resentful and just kind of sitting back and watching him not help? Because every time he doesn't help, you sit back and you say, yep, I'm right. And you connect those emotional dots. And what I would tell you is that I don't care how long you guys have been together. We want to believe that our partners know what we need or what's important to us. Guys, a lot of times they don't because if you're not saying, hey, I need more of a partner, I need you to do this, it's probably working for him to not do anything. So your challenge is to say, hi, boyfriend, I really feel like I don't have a partner in this relationship. I need you to help out. I need somebody that can help me clean the house and pay the bills because right now I feel like I'm alone And then he has an opportunity to step up and meet that need. He has an opportunity to step up and be the partner that you've decided you need. And so I would really encourage you to take an active active role here in advocating for yourself because you've got a lot of time invested here. And try to tell him what you need and see what he does. If he can't meet that need, then maybe you're talking about looking for a different kind of partner. And that doesn't mean that he's a bad person. It just might not mean that he's your person. But I would say give him an opportunity to surprise you. Give him an opportunity to tell him what you need and see how he responds. If you've been together two years, you know, I would say that there's something there that you are, it's okay to hope, but you've got to be vocal. You've got to take responsibility for yourself and tell him what you need. And You know, it's really about growth in a relationship. It's about how you grow together. And to grow together, you've got to have conversations that maybe you don't think you should have to, but that's just humans. That's human nature um, to need to be asked or told what you need because it's really true. We're not mind readers. And in a perfect world, he would be able to anticipate every single one of your needs, but that's just not what's happening here. So tell him what you need. See what he does and give him an opportunity to surprise you. And hopefully that works out for you. And so moving on, question number four. And I got this one um, quite a few times. And the question was, dear Lisa, can you outline some traits of an actual healthy relationship? And I was kind of surprised when I started getting this question over and over. But then I kind of I sat back and thought, It's really difficult to actually know what a healthy relationship looks like because a lot of times we're not in them or we've made mistakes in dating and that's all part of it. It's all part of dating the wrong people to get to the right person. And so I just outlined my top three. And of course, guys, this is going to be different for everybody. Um, what you need in a relationship and what your expectations are, it's going to be different for everybody. So I just did my top three list of things that I think are really important in a relationship. And the first one is, it's important to remember that a relationship is two people willing and also capable of committing to growth. 
Something I always tell my couples in private practice is you don't marry who you love, you marry who you grow with. And you grow by having conversations and both people coming to the table looking at their own behavior and looking at what you need to say, how can we make this work? How can we grow together? And to do that, you've got to be able to communicate what you need. You also need a partner who is able to communicate what they need. And then you guys come together and that's the start of compromise if one needs to be made. The second thing on my list is that, well, and I kind of covered it in one, but that you're both responsible for communicating your needs to each other. So a relationship is two people responsible for themselves and working on themselves to be the best version of themselves and bringing that to the table. So you've got two individuals coming together, communicating their needs and being responsible for themselves. And the third thing in a relationship is the actual relationship that you grow. So if you have a partner or you're in a relationship, be prepared to be accountable for what you need and be ready to communicate that. And if you're avoiding, quote, confrontations or you're avoiding difficult conversations, that can be natural, but I would challenge you to push through that because the only way to grow with somebody else is to be in touch with yourself and be responsible for yourself to say, this is what I need. And then they're either going to meet that need or not. And then you have a choice to make. Be the chooser, not the chosen. Empower yourself to know what you want and what you're worthy of. And the third thing on my list is, you know, healthy relationships doesn't, it doesn't mean that there's no bumps or fights. And I'm going to tell you that in any relationship, they're pretty much inevitable. And if you're not discussing or disagreeing or having uh, fights, I would tell you that you're probably not growing together. You're just maintaining some superficial um, commitment to each other because they're inevitable. And But at the root and the foundation of those two people or those conflicts and fights are two people willing to come to the table to listen, to reflect, and to grow. And so if you guys haven't gotten the theme of my top three, it is healthy communication. It is being responsible for yourselves, having two people willing to do that. And again, that doesn't mean there aren't going to be bumps in the road. That doesn't mean that there aren't going to be times that you want to throttle them because it's infuriating. You're two different people with two different worldviews and and points of view, but that in in those conflicts and in those times where you think, oh my God, what am I doing, is an opportunity. It's an opportunity for you to show up for yourself, and it's an opportunity to watch and see if your partner is willing to not only show up for you, but to show up for themselves as well. So that's my top three of a healthy relationship. Um, and the my fifth question that I got over and over is that... Something and it was varying themes, but I I pulled one question. And the question is Lisa, I've been seeing a guy for about a month now, and commuting communicating with him has been hard to say the least. My friends keep saying he's emotionally unavailable, but when we actually do hang out, it's great. It's just getting there that feels so strained. And the questions that I was getting over and over had a lot to do with emotional availability and knowing when you should push your partner to communicate or knowing if you've overstepped a boundary, how do you know? And here's what I would tell you. A month or two 
into a relationship. So if it's new, you really shouldn't feel like it's this hard um, or only you're working to make plans. That tells me that your relationship is probably one-sided. And I think what your friends are trying to point out is that this person isn't giving you a full effort. And if you feel like you're in control of the relationship or you're the only one making plans, the first thing you need to ask yourself is if that's enough for you. Um, The second thing you need to do is take a look at this person that you've started dating and say, is it okay for me to say I'd like you to make more plans or take a little more control and see if they are emotionally available to do that. And a lot of times, you know, we get into a rut of kind of romanticizing or projecting our hopes on people or who we think they could be. Maybe you had a great first date and you get really excited about this person and you really clicked. And so all these hopes and expectations you romanticize and you project on them and then their behavior doesn't really measure up to that first date where they were on their best behavior. And I can tell you that the longer you project your hopes and dreams on someone who can't actually show up for you any further than they are, um, it's just keeping you five steps back from meeting the person who actually can. And If this person is showing you what they're capable of, you have a responsibility to take note and you have a responsibility to say, I'm looking for somebody who's a bit more emotionally invested in this relationship or building a relationship. It shouldn't feel so hard and strained. And I would encourage you to check in with yourself and say, am I romanticizing what I thought this guy could be or the connection that I thought we could have? And I would challenge you to separate yourself from that romantic thought or your hopes and actually look at what they are capable of giving you and what they're giving you right now. And it may be a question of saying and or having a conversation if you guys have had enough dates or enough time and say, this really isn't working for me. Um, I'm needing somebody who's more emotionally invested. Where are you at? And checking in. Um, or it may just be taking a step back and saying they're showing me what they're capable of and that's not what I'm looking for right now. So I hope that helps guys. Those are the top five questions that I got in my inbox and um, my email and I'm happy to do another Q&A session and so send me your questions about relationships. We're going to be doing this relationship series all week so I'll do a series of three. What I'd like to do on either the next episode or the last episode is talk about some important definitions and topics that I see a lot in private practice regarding relationships and finding a partner. And But if we need to do another Q&A session, I'm happy to do that. So send me your questions. Send them to what's next with Lisa at gmail.com. Find me on Instagram or Twitter. You can DM me there. And I will read them all and I'll make a choice. I'll make a choice on if we're going to do another Q&A topic or excuse me, session, because if that's what we need to do, that's what we're going to do. I want to make sure I'm answering all your questions. So thanks so much for listening, guys. I really appreciate it. And Empty Nexters, I can tell you what, it's a perfect day to ask yourselves, what's next? See ya. (laughs) 